Pod, a Youth Cymru podcast. Welcome back to Youth Pod, a Youth Cymru podcast. I'm your host, Anna Arietta, and today we're continuing our discussion around saving our energy. In this episode, we are going to be discussing how we use energy in our day-to-day lives and how the COVID-19 pandemic has had an effect on our energy consumption. We will also be having a look at what the UK government are doing to make the energy we use renewable and what a green future may look like for us. Here to talk to me about all of this today is our guest, Yayan. Hi, Yayan. How are you doing? Hi, Anna. I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on your podcast. You're welcome. Um, so you're in Bridgend at the moment, aren't you? How's lockdown treating you um, in your house? Um, yeah, I'm in Bridgend and it's going okay. Um, as, good as, it, as good as it can be, I suppose. So Yayan's a young person from Bridgend. He's a current member of our Clice Evank group at Youth Cymru. Uh, so Yayan, do you want to talk a bit about what Clice Evank is for um, those that are, are not aware of what it is? Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to um, talk about that. So Clice Evank is a panel of young people aged 13 to 25 from across Wales um, who are passionate about making change um, and having their voice heard. Um, so we are part of Youth Cymru but we run our own social action campaigns. And the most current campaign is called Power of Your Vote, which I imagine we'll touch upon later in the podcast. So to get the listeners kind of get to know you a bit more and learn a bit more about you, what made you want to learn about energy and the environment? Was there something that fueled your interest or was there a turning point? Yeah, so good question, Anna. Um, So I, like lots of young people, I'm very Um, passionate about the environment and addressing the climate emergency. I believe it's one of the um, or the overarching issue affecting um, society at the moment that really needs to be addressed but I feel that can be quite distant um, for lots of people. They can feel kind of disconnected from the issue and not know how um, they um, can help um, contribute to supporting or working against the issue and um, so I my interest in energy um, stems from wanting to help individual um, families or households um, reduce their um, energy usage in their day-to-day lives in their houses. Am I right to say that you actually did um, energy advisor training? Yeah and um, so I completed um, energy um, awareness um, advice training at the start of this year, at the start of 2020, um, when everything looked a lot different. I think I completed the same training, so I had to go to Manchester for it, um, but it was like a three-day course and exams at the end of it. We know about the work that needs to be done to kind of uh, address the climate emergency, um, but I think that course specifically made me aware, um, if I wasn't aware before, of how much energy we use kind of going about our lives every day um, and how much this kind of um, costs us, basically, and how much it costs the environment as well. Yeah, I'd, um, I'd agree with you, Anna. Um, I believe um, we do use a lot of energy, um, maybe more um, that we, than we tend to realise because um, energy usage is quite um quite hard to quantify um, in terms of we get like bills every quarter um, that say um, we've used this many units of energy but what does that actually 
mean in terms of putting the TV on, putting the kettle on, putting the oven on, putting the washing machine on? Um, and how has it changed over lockdown? Um, it's again quite hard to um, measure, especially um, as, as we've gone through different seasons. So um, when we started lockdown, it was springtime, it was quite warm. We had um, some great weather to be stuck indoors with. Um, where, where we weren't, uh, where people weren't using their heatings, and it's only now we've started coming into um, autumn and um, into winter that um, we can see how um, how that um, how having heating on in the day when people might typically be at work um, or at university and um, studying or working a nine to five um, now to be home and heat um, heat their house, how that um, is affecting their usage and their bills even things like you know how well insulated your home is um you know the time of day you're using energy as well because energy um, and electricity is expensive or cheaper at different times of the day and um, that kind of affects the cost yeah it, interesting i know i know you mentioned um mentioned insulation that's um, a key um factor in terms of how much energy um can cost so um i know people may um may um, not want to like consider issues like that um, because of the upfront costs but um, it's one of those issues that um, if you look to see where you're losing um, where you're losing energy through the house and there's it's quite easy um, I remember from when I studied it it's quite easy for energy to um, leave the house where it's through um, walls that aren't insulated enough or through um, windows that are old and could be upgraded um, that's a big source of energy loss that then needs to be re-brought back in, which puts the bill up and uses more energy and makes more emissions. Another thing I would say is kind of getting a smart meter. And I don't actually have a smart meter myself. I haven't installed one in my house, but um, that's something that's a good way to kind of keep um, an eye on the energy you're using and your energy consumption um, and kind of just being aware of that and having that in your home kind of really opens your eyes to um, what you're using, how much you're using and how much you're spending as well. This is something that I've constantly thought of just how much we are in the house, how much energy we are using now. Um, and is that actually um, a green move? Is that something that is kind of a good thing? for you know the environment or is it the opposite i i think the simple answer or i i'd like to believe the simple answer is um it's better for the environment um to be working from home i know um even though we've got public transport transit in the uk um there's quite low uptake of that and there's lots of people that are commuting to work or um commuting between different towns and cities, meeting different people. Um, I think I feel one of the key benefits of working from home and being able to um, talk on Zoom and Teams is being able to meet people that are really far away um, in terms of energy use in the household. Um, I know um, we mentioned um, people using their heating more, um, heating more at home um, and um, if people were working in a large central office, then the, only the office would have to be uh, would have to be heated up. Um, but as we're all working from home, um, we've now all got our heating um, our heating on, um, which is um, a big cause of emissions. It's also a cost that we have to um, bear. Whereas um, working from 
an office environment, it's one of the um, advantages or one of the costs that's um, factored in and provided being in that office space. I did look at, at a little interesting article earlier um, in preparation for this podcast episode, and it was talking about how working from home is the ultimate green move. So this um, was from triplepundit.com. Um, so they talk about a few reasons why they think it's a green move. Um, and I found some of it really interesting. So your carbon footprint is minimized is the first thing. Also, your stomach solutions become greener is the way they've worded it. And what they mean by that is kind of like lunch breaks and things. Um, when we go out, we have a lot of food and drink that is in, you know, disposable containers, plastic bags, plastic cups, things like that. So these things that we don't realize and also traveling out um, to get lunch and coming back, um, hopping in the car, things like that. Um, will obviously increase your kind of carbon footprint. Another thing they said was that paper is less of a problem. So if you're in an office, um, you've got this fresh paper, um, you know, a company's printer. Um, but they said, you know, at home, you're kind of using more digital things. And you're um, also using, you know, the back of sheets, you're like reusing paper and things like that, which I thought was interesting, something you wouldn't really even think of. Um, and then also, you have your choice at home, um, what you want to kind of do, how you kind of um, how energy efficient you are in your own home. If you go into an office, you kind of don't have any control over that workspace. And and what's going on there but when you're at home you can decide you know where your kind of energy efficiency lies and you are almost like the master of your environment then that raised quite a few interesting points some areas that um i, I guess i hadn't considered as well um, in terms of um, paper use and how people in an office would tend to just use resources or use company resources where um when you're at home and it's your own paper and your own ink that you're printing on you're a lot more mindful of what you're using and what you can cut down on. So when we look at kind of online things, we're doing everything online at the moment. We're working really digitally. We're working from home. Um, everything is just online at the moment. We order our food online. We order our clothes online. We order everything we need um, from our laptops and our tablets. So I'm just thinking, is this a good move for us in terms of the environment um, or not? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I feel it's a big issue to um, to consider, um, especially considering how much people use and how much people buy and consume, um, especially with um, throwaway fashion and how easy it is to order um, things off Amazon Prime and get them the next day. Um, so I feel like we've become used to the ease of um, having deliveries, especially uh, people who are working from home, being home so you're able to sign for deliveries in the day. Um, in terms of how much um, how much, or the effect that that's having on the environment, I, I, that, I guess that's quite hard, um, quite hard to quantify um, or quite hard to measure because I'm sure you, you could find data um, that would support um, going out and shopping and especially shopping locally and um, supporting local businesses, which I know is a um, big area that people are quite keen to um, do that um, thinking about their local businesses and people in their local community and wanting to support um, just independent retailers that um, have a family that they're trying to support um, as opposed to the big mega um, corporations. Um, 
I've been doing that. I've been doing way more of that. Have you been doing more of that kind of shopping locally and things like that? Um, I have, but I, I, um, I'll admit that I do give into the temptation of how easy it is to um, buy things online. Yes. And I find, I find that too. And it is also cost, isn't it? So like things are just cheaper sometimes when you don't go local. And so we kind of make the selfish decision to go, oh, we'll, we'll get that, you know, we'll get that delivered to our house tomorrow. Um, and it's just the ease of it. You're so right. If we are traveling a lot um, by car to get to big shopping centers um, and buying things, then is there really that much of a difference? But I mean, from my perspective, I would say that, you know, shopping online and getting things delivered over you know by ship by plane um trucks trains etc i do think that that surely um has got just a bigger carbon footprint and it's a least a less eco-friendly option um that would probably be my that's kind of my perspective on it yeah i'd agree I, i think people tend to um if you're going to a shop to buy something you're thinking about maybe the carbon footprint or the effect on the carbon footprint you're having more because it's your petrol that you're using that you're paying for your miles you're putting um on the car or if you're on public transport you're there on the bus and you can see it with all the other traffic but um from home we we tend to just think about um just think about um what we see and what we just see as a parcel arriving at the door and it can be quite hard to think about the logistics and the supply chain that's made it happen that's made it happen so quickly just giving some tips then to the listeners um, of how we can shop more energy efficiently um so you know i would say planning your orders to get everything in fewer shipments um so making sure that you know um we've got a bundle of things that we're maybe ordering at a time and planning ahead um, shopping locally when possible, as you mentioned earlier, Yayan, so going to local businesses um, to support them as well. And then where COVID-19 restrictions allow, of course, a walk to the corner shop, for example, is zero emitting. There's some options to choose green delivery when you order um, from different sites. So, you know, choosing your green delivery um, may take a bit longer. Um, but if that's the route you want to go down um, to become more kind of energy efficient in your choices um also clicking and collecting that's a good way of doing it and normally you know they don't charge for click and collect sometimes it's most normally free um so you can order it to store and you can just go and pick it up um avoid buying goods that you're likely to return which is very hard at the moment because you know i've kind of completely stopped ordering clothes online um because i don't i don't i like being able to try clothes on before i buy them um because i don't like the thought of having to send things back and all of that um but yeah i think for a lot of people they order things and then have to return them which obviously um increases that carbon footprint and then also ensuring that your delivery kind of arrives to you as well um so obviously if you miss your delivery um then you know they're gonna have to repeatedly kind of come back and and try and deliver your parcel to you which increases the emissions so maybe you know setting up a safe space or getting a neighbor um to accept it into their kind of home to give it to you later um would help that and then my final point is buy less i guess because um at the moment i've just found that i am buying less what about you yeah definitely um those are all some all um really good tips um so thank you for sharing them anna um yeah i feel i'm definitely buying less um mainly due to the fact that i'm going less places so items like clothing um aren't 
needed um, or I feel like I'm buying less clothes because I'm not going anywhere. I've got nowhere to really um, go and really make that um, impression. So we've talked about um, what we can do to um, reduce our carbon footprint and emissions around um, ordering and buying items online. But I feel the picture is bigger um, or can be bigger than us um, in terms of um, the journey that the items have been on and that logistics and that supply chain, how green is that supply chain? So uh, the vehicles that are used, um, the trucks and then the vans, um, do they use electric, are they electric vehicles, are they hybrid vehicles, um, or are they using uh, diesel and petrol and um, polluting that way? Um, in, in terms of the warehouse, are they using green energy, are they using solar panels? Um, are they looking at ways they can make their operations um, carbon neutral? Are they looking at how they can offset um, the energy that they might be using in their factories and warehouses um, and what they can do to counterbalance that in other parts of the world. Yeah, and I guess that kind of takes us into making the grid greener as a whole, um, isn't it? So this is a reserved, so the, a UK issue, it's not a devolved matter, it's actually um, an issue all across the UK, um, and we're looking at kind of renewable energy. So things like um, wind power, hydroelectricity, solar power, biomass, hydrogen, um, and geothermal um, energy. Yeah, so I, I don't know about you, Anna, but I've noticed a lot of windmills personally um, being put up um, and being put up and taken over quite a few different places as I drive around um, the local area. Um, so I believe that's wind is probably one of the more well-known um, well-known um, types of renewables, um, and I guess for good reason. But there are um, lots of other um, lots of other ways that that can be done. So um, I know um, the government looked into um, creating a tidal lagoon in Swansea, in Swansea Bay, um, a couple of years ago, um, but they didn't go ahead. So I, I don't know the exact um, costings or the exact um, risk that would be involved in a project like that. But I believe um, that if um, I believe that it, now's the time to be more ambitious, maybe, about um, reduce it, about how we can be innovative um, and exploring different ways that we could make the energy that we all use um, to power our homes and our businesses um, to how we can make that greener. So a large wind turbine can power, on average, around 16,000 households per turbine per year. Um, so that is obviously a big amount I mean in my head that seems like a massive amount um so I think for the listeners then looking at renewable energy um and kind of choosing a renewable energy supplier I think that's quite important what would you say do, do you think I mean are you with a renewable energy supplier or is that something you've considered yeah um I feel that at the moment it is quite easy to find um suppliers that are often um, that are often uh, green energy. I know I've used suppliers that offer green energy and um, that have offered green energy in the past. And um, in terms of choosing a supplier, there's um, comparison site websites out there um, where you can take, I, I want to have um, renewable energy. And that's something you can just look into. It's pretty easy to find. So we know that to create energy, you have your 
um, your renewable methods that we just spoke about, but you also have your fossil fuels. So that explains why our kind of energy suppliers are legally obliged to tell us which fuels they use to produce the energy that they sell us, the energy and the electricity. So if you are opting for a renewable supplier, it's important to go onto their website and just check their fuel mix because it's not actually hard at all to find a supplier that will offer you um, 100% renewable energy um, and electricity. Um, and they will normally be very cheap as well. So much cheaper. Um, I found some of some of the renewable energy suppliers have the cheapest tariffs on there. If you are going to go with a renewable energy supplier, um, you know, it is good to kind of install a smart meter alongside that. I think that that is a really good way if you do want to, you know, make sure you're doing your part. Yeah, I agree. I find that renewable energy providers have definitely been competitive on price. Um, so it's definitely not a price restriction to um, go down the renewable energy route. Um, and I, I'd agree that um, having the information from the smart meter um, and e even working out, okay, if I switch this light off, I'm saving this money, it kind of makes it real um, for us that we can see the, um, see the saving um, that we can make by just making some simple changes around the house. Fantastic. So I guess to finish off then for today, um, I guess we'll just have a look at what bigger things can we do in the future um, and how can young people make a change now what what kind of things can we look at doing as young people um to make a change that's a great question anna um because i, I believe um that making change is important i believe that we've all got um responsibility and there's all um there's actions that we can each individually take to either have a positive or a negative effect um on the environment and on our um, circumstances um, so I mentioned at the start of our podcast that um, as part of CLICEVANC, um, we're currently running a campaign called Power of Your Vote. This is in preparation for the Welsh Parliament elections in 2021, um, where we're encouraging people to um, register to vote as 16 and 17 year olds can now vote in the Welsh elections. I believe um, being an active citizen and really engaging in that democratic process. So making sure your voice is heard, making sure you go out and you um, use your vote um, after informing yourself and reading around the subjects. You mentioned earlier on that um, the energy um, for, um, for the most part is a um, reserved issue, which basically means that the UK government decide what's going to happen, decide um, what energy um, is put into the grid rather than the government in Wales and um, so I believe it's important to know um, important to know which government does what so you know which government to hold to account and um, when you're voting and when you're making decisions. I know there's lots of campaigns online and petitions um, that people can sign um, and get involved and get behind which helps um, which helps get the message out there um, and after petitions get to a certain number of um, signatures and they're discussed either in the House of Commons or if it's a Welsh petition discussed in the Senate. So I think that's um, definitely another way that people can look to get involved um, around promoting the environment um, and energy reduction and making the grid greener. I know um, it's a um, cause that lots of young people are passionate about at the mo moment. So there's a big movement that um, you can join and um, be involved with. 
Thank you so much, Yaya. And that is um, really, just really insightful. It's been a pleasure having you on with me today and chatting to you um, and talking about all of these kind of important topics. Um, and I'm sure we'll have you on again soon um, to talk about some different things probably on the podcast. So before we go, um, please let everyone know your kind of social media handles, links, anything you want to um, kind of share with the listeners. Yeah, sure. Um, thank you very much for having uh, me on the podcast it's been nice um, it's been nice to um, talk with you again albeit um, virtually so yeah you can find me on Instagram um, at the life of Yian um, but I'd also recommend checking out the work that um, Lycee Vank is doing so we're on Twitter and on Instagram and that's um, at Lycee Vank um, where you can find out more about um, more about the group and about our power of your vote um, campaign thank you very much everyone bye if you enjoyed the podcast and you're watching on youtube then please like subscribe and leave us a comment if you're listening via apple podcast then leave us a review with some feedback we would love to hear what you guys think make sure to follow our youth pod channels to keep updated on new episodes thanks for tuning in see you next time